رادیو رومی Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Radio Rumi. I am recording it in my house on Capitol Hill in a beautiful afternoon, quite crisp and somewhat cold, the beginning of winter, I guess, but also at the same time very beautiful and sunny, crisp and bright. I hope you have all had a great Thanksgiving. Mine was wonderful. I spent time with my daughters in Chicago and my husband, of course, and it was just great to be together. I was very, very thankful for it. And that made me think about Rumi and the idea of Thanksgiving, the idea of being satisfied and thankful about life. There is this gorgeous, very uh, melodic ghazal that kind of kept turning in my mind, which goes like this. چه گوهری تو که کس را به کف بهای تو نیست چه گوهری تو که کس را به کف بهای تو نیست جهان چه دارد در کف که آن عطای تو نیست مبارک است هوای تو بر همه مرغان چنا مبارک مرغی که در هوای تو نیست کرانه نیست کرانه نیست سنا و سناگران تو را کدام ذره که سرگشته سنای تو نیست It's interesting that in these lines Rumi doesn't refer to Thanksgiving in any direct way, but the whole poem vibrates with a sense of happiness and content. So he starts with, what kind of a jewel are you? Because no one has enough in their power to buy you. Besides, what does the earth hold? That is not your gift. In other words, the idea of trying to possess you and make you ours is in a way not quite meaningful if we realize that everything is a bounty coming from you. And then he brings in the image of the birds, which he is very interested in always, their flight, their patterns of their flight, their learning how to fly and all of that. But he also uses the pawn on the word hava, which means both love and the air. Here he says, your air is auspicious to all birds. The only inauspicious bird is the one who does not fly in that air. There are no ends, no limits 
to those who speak of you and praise you and give thanks to you. There is not a speck of dust on the face of the earth that is not among those praise givers. So you see what I mean? It is about how connected this whole world is with the beloved, how it overflows with the bounty and beauty coming from that beloved, and how the entire existence has an understanding of that. Now, we're going to get to this point, this last point, in some more detail later on as I bring you more and more poems about gratitude and thanksgiving. But let me start with a ghazal that is actually the opposite of that, in the sense that he says, there is no point in being anything other than content. And here is how he puts it. Chandan kakhahi jang kun, ya garm kun tahdeed ra, midan ke dood gul khan, hargez nayaqiyat bar sama. Fight as much as you want. And this is not fight in the sense of the struggle for getting something good, but rather being in a constant fighting mood. So fight as much as you want or issue threats about things you don't like or people you don't like. Please realize that the smoke from one furnace is not going to invade the whole sky. Even if the smoke goes up into the sky, it cannot turn it black. It cannot invade it. The sky is capable of turning that smoke into something gentle and bright. And of course, he's referring to the clouds raining down on earth and also all the heavenly bodies that glow and give us light. خود را مرنجان ای پدر سر را مکوب اندر حجر با نقش گرما به مکن این جمله چالش و قضا Oh my dear, don't hit your head against the stone. Your fight with things that are not lasting, it's like trying to keep a design you have made on the wall of the bathhouse. The bathhouse is usually filled with steam and nothing lasts on that wall. This is a key verse here. So he says, before you, before you, there were other uncooked ones, raw ones. Kham is something that's not cooked. This metaphor is often used by him and other Persian poets to refer to people who have not been subjected to the real experience of life. In English, we call that seasoned, a seasoned person. So here he says, before you, there were other uncooked characters, unready characters, inexperienced characters, who, within the cauldron of this world, were boiling, 
and they were going up and down and up and down. But there was only one solution. And that solution was being happy and satisfied. Here he gives us something which is not very common in Ghazal writing. He gives us a little anecdote. Begrift دم ما را یک خار پشتن در دهن سر در کشید و گرد شد مانند گویی از دقا A hedgehog caught the tail of a snake and then pulled his head in and turned completely round like a little ball As we know, hedgehogs are full of thorn so the hedgehog turned into a ball of thorns. آن مار ابله خیش را بر خار میزد دم به دم سوراخ سوراخ آمد و از خود زدن بر خارها بر خار پشت هر بلا خود را مزند و همحلا بر خار پشت هر بلا خود را مزند و همحلا ساکن نشین و وردخان جاول قضا زاول قضا The ignorant snake did what? started hitting itself against the thorns of the hedgehog. So what happened? It was torn to pieces. It was full of holes and bleeding and dying. So then Rumi addresses us and says, the calamities, the disasters, the difficulties, they're like hedgehogs. They are full of discomfort, of sharp edges that hurt us. Do not hit yourself against them. Sit quietly. Gain your composure. Keep your composure and remind yourself that difficulty comes and it can also go. Now, I would like to open a parenthesis and say, as we have seen all the way through in these episodes of Radio Rumi, he is not for inaction. The idea is not you sit and do nothing, but the idea is that you don't hit yourself against the wall, against the sharp edges of disaster, but rather try to maintain your cool and deal with it. And then he gives us poems that are like ornaments, like treatments for those kinds of wounds and hardships and things that as human beings, obviously, we react to. And those ornaments are reminding us of the universal love of God as the truth, the friend, whatever you choose to call him or her. So what does this universal truth, the Haq, say? نیمز کار تو فارق همیشه در کارم که لحظه لحظه تو را من عزیز میدارم به ذات پاک من و آفتاب سلطنتم که من تو را نگذارم به لطف بردارم Here Haq says I am not heedless about you I am not Forgetting you, I am always working to do what? To keep you close to me, dear to me, moment by moment. I swear by the purity of my nature, by the brightness of my sun, that I will not leave you 
I will come to you with kindness. Hazar abre inayat barasman rezaast. Agar bebaram az an abr bar sarat baram. So the second half of the poem is quite interesting because he's saying, I'm going to give you light. I'm going to give you love. I'm going to give you forgiveness. There's even another line in the poem that says, I will give from my own light and I will caress you with my hands of forgiveness. And then he ends with the line which I just read. Hazar abre inayat barasman rezaast. Agar bebaram az an abr bar sarat baram. There are a thousand clouds in the sky of satisfaction. Thanksgiving, I will pour my rain on you from those clouds. In other words, even the source of the thanksgiving, the satisfaction, and the happiness is that connection with the truth supreme as far as Rumi is concerned. But let's get a little bit more specific. What does he mean with shokr and reza? Giving thanks. Let's stick to shokr because that is much closer to thanksgiving as we think about it here. What is his definition of shokr? Here it is. It's actually very picturesque in a way and very meaningful because it comes from a very basic act of a mother breastfeeding a baby. He says in definition of shokr, thanks, giving thanks, shokr mazidan pestan ni'matast. Giving thanks is like suckling on the breasts of the bounties of the world. Pestan agar che Ta namazi shir nayayat. Now mothers know this very well. Mothers who have done breastfeeding, that no matter how full the breast is with milk, what really helps the milk flow is the baby suckling on it. So he says, even if the breasts are full, unless a baby suckles on them, the milk will not flow. And this isn't a conversation he has with a group of his people around him, those who come to listen to him. So somebody among them says, what is the cause of not being thankful? In other words, what is the reason why we can become dissatisfied and happy and thankless? And here is Rumi's answer. He says, The main hurdle on the way of giving thanks is greediness, wanting too much. What I mean, he goes on to say, what I mean is that what this person receives was less than what he had hoped for, what he had planned to receive. And therefore, this unchecked expectation makes what the person received feel too little, insignificant, not enough. And then he also connects the concept of being 
ungrateful to another characteristic of human beings about which he has spoken before. And I'm sure in these programs we have talked about, and that is how Rumi sees everything that happens to us in some form or another, a kind of response we get to what we have said, or rather what we have done. And he uses the example of the mountains and says, if you sing in the mountain like a nightingale, you're going to hear the song of a nightingale echo back to you. But if you sing like another animal, if you just make undesirable noises, you're not going to get gentle and desirable echoes back. So here he gives an instruction. He says, هر حرکتی که آدمی می کند و هر چه او را پیش آید از غم و شادی جواب است. Whatever move human beings make and whatever comes to them, happiness or unhappiness, it's a response to them. He should treat them or she should treat them as a response. If that is a pleasant and desirable response, give thanks, he says. And how to give thanks? To repeat, to echo that good thing, that happy thing that has happened to you for others to receive it. But if he or she hears an unpleasant response or that is an unpleasant sound, harsh event happening to them, think about yourself. Ask yourself how you could change so that this kind of response does not come to you. Now, I understand that many of us might be thinking now, well, what about natural disasters? What about wars? What about things that we don't have anything to do with, but it happens to us? And what about children or old people or people who don't have the means of planning things or defending themselves? I think it recognizes that one's means and ability to act are important and not everybody's responsibility is absolutely equal in the face of what happens. But what he's trying to do is to say, count yourself as a responsible being and as a factor in what happens in the world. From that point on, he also wants us to know that the entire universe is in the process of celebrating good things and giving thanks for it. Now, again, you might say that in nature, a lot of unhappy things happen too, and that is true, but he wants us to capture the good ones as well. And that in Olam Hezaran Jaunavar Miziat Khosh Aish in this world a thousand different beings, animals, plants, human beings live happy without being constantly in turmoil or in a sense of crisis. شکر میگوید خدا را فاخته بر درخت و برگ شب ناساخته. The nightingale sitting on the tree. Even if he or she or it, whatever you call a fakhteh, 
may have not prepared the dinner for the night, is sitting there singing its gratitude into the universe. Hamd میگوید خدا را اندلیب که اعتماد رزق بر توسته مجیب. Same true of a finch that sings, I trust you will send me food. The beloved who answers my singing, Mujib. Now again, I don't think he's saying we should sit in a corner and say, God, I trust you will send me what I need. But what he's saying is that those helpless small birds do have the nature sending them what they need. Boz dastashah rao kerde navid as hame mordar bobride omid. Kings would have their birds of prey like falcons sitting on their forearm. I'm sure this has come up in these episodes. So he says the falcon chooses to sit to land on the forearm of the king instead of going out there to look for the little animals it can hunt and eat. Hamchenin از پشه گیری تا به پیل شد ایال الله و حق نعم المعیل Just in the same way from a small mosquito to a huge elephant they have this universal force this حق looking after them Of course they should look for it and they do in their own way but it is there if time is not spent on complaining, on being unhappy, on fighting ourselves and fighting others. In همه غم ها که اندر سینه هاست از بخار و گرد باد و بود ماست. این غمان بیخ کن چون داس ماست. این چنین شد وانچنان وسواس ماست. These deep worries these frightening senses of anxiety are much more inside us than they are caused always by the outside force. They are often the result of us wanting something very special and nothing else. And then these sorrows come and pull us out with our roots from the earth that is giving us nourishment and we keep saying oh this happened and I didn't like it and that happened and I didn't like it and this this and that doing to give you a literal translation in Chenin Chenan he says these are our obsessions Vasvas is an obsession something we cannot give up and free ourselves from now, I want to give you or leave you rather with a beautiful episode from the Masnavi, the rhyming couplets that Rumi has written in 27,000 verses. And it is much more directly about how to practice the mystical principles that he is bringing to us. And I have, I think, a long time ago in these episodes told you about the stories he gives us, often taken from some other traditions, but they give us something 
to live by and to think about and to be nourished by. One of these is that this despotic lion has dominated a forest and terrifies the animals and the animals send him one of themselves every day so that the lion would eat that animal and leave the rest alone. So they're bribing this despot. And then a little khargush, a little rabbit, when his turn comes to be given to the lion, says, I have a plan. Let me do something. He goes to the lion late, and when he finds him angry and hungry and really mad, he says, well, I'm sorry, sir. I was held by another lion who's here who actually caught another rabbit already and is threatening you and your domain. The lion says, where is that despot? Just show him to me. And the rabbit says, I sure will, but he hides in that well over there and takes his prey there to eat them there. And then he comes out and hunts everyone. So the lion comes and the rabbit leads him to this well, which has some water at the bottom. The lion looks in, and sure enough, he sees a lion and a rabbit there. He gets so angry that he does not realize that this is his own image and the image of of this little rabbit. He jumps down the well, and that's the end of him. Now, gratitude comes in now. At this point, the rabbit is so happy because not only he saved his own life, he's also saved all of the other animals in the forest. So on the way back to the animals to give them the good news, he is so thankful that he starts hopping around and the whole nature sings and dances with the rabbit. چون که خرگوش از رهایی شاد گشت سوی نخجیران دوان شد تا بدشت شیر را چون دید در چه کشت زار چرخ میزد شادمان در مرغ زار Because the rabbit was freed he was very happy and he ran back towards the other animals who would have been the lion's prey. Because he had seen the lion dead at the bottom of the well, he was whirling with happiness, hopping through the meadows. Dast me zat chun rahi das dast marg, sabzo raqsan dar haval chun shaw He was clapping its hands because he had been freed from death. He was blooming and dancing just like the tree branches up in the air. Shauch o bargaz hapsechaw kazaw chud. Sar baraw vardo harife baw chud. So the branches of the trees had also freed themselves from the prison of the earth. They were lifting up their head, conversing with the wind. And then 
he turns the lion into an example of our heart and soul. جان های بسته اندر آب و گل چون رهند از آب و گل ها شاد دل در هوای عشق حق رقصان شوند همچو قرص بدر بی نقصان شوند So our souls, our inner spirit that feels tied up in the needs and desires and fears of our earthly bodies when those souls are freed they are happy as happy as the rabbit as happy as the tree branches they start whirling and dancing in the open space of the love of the truth supreme of devotion to god as a result of that they turn into the full moon dar hawaye ishq haq raqsan در هوای عشق حق رقصان شوند همچو قرص بدر بی نقصان شوند Maybe that is a very good ending for this episode but I want to give you two rabais that's two short quatrains of Rumi that are both about gratitude and they are absolutely stunning and as I have said before because quatrains are short they're condensed so they give you this deep complicated idea in the form of very short and accessible language بیرون ز جهان کفر و ایمان جایی است کانجا نمقام هرتر و رعنایی است جان باید داد و دل به شکرانه جان آن را که تمنای چنین معوایی است Outside this world of belief and disbelief, a place in which there is not room for every deceitful, self-important being, John John, you have to give your heart and soul in gratitude, and then you will occupy that place. In other words, your total honesty and dedication is the gratitude that you give for that place and in another one man bi tu dami qarar natwanam kard ihsan tu ra shumar natwanam kard gar bar tan man zaban shabad har mu'i shukre yeki az hazar natwanam kard i cannot find rest without you for one moment the good things that you have given me i cannot even count if every inch of my body had a tongue in other words if it could speak and it was giving gratitude i would still not be able to give thank from one out of a thousand good things that come my way. Let me read it again. من بی تو دمی قرار نتوانم کرد احسان تو را شمار نتوانم کرد گر بر تن من زبان شود هر موی شکر یکی از هزار نتوانم کرد. On that beautiful note, and let me tell you 
My cat Shadow just came here and sat on the pile of notes I have on my side. So the two of us together say goodbye. Till next time, when we will talk about Rumi again.